Hello, podcast listeners. You're listening to another episode of The Long Journey Home. I am, in fact, on my way to work this morning, so I feel like Mark Rosewater, but that's okay. Anyway, I thought I'd talk about my other Star Trek CCG hobby, and that is, I suppose, in Star Trek CCG speculation. I think we all dabble in this a little bit as CCG players, but we always want to get our cards for less money or no money or... Or however, <clears throat> so what we do is we try to find deals on boxes and singles and sets and whatnot. And eBay, oh, we've all bought things on eBay. <clears throat> we've probably all sold things on eBay too. And without eBay, who knows what CCGs would be like. I mean, I think eBay, I'm sure Star Trek started before eBay was really a thing, but I can remember when I got into the game in, like, the late 90s, 1999, I had nothing, and I was, the first thing I did was try to find cheap CCG, and it was tough. I remember looking for basically anything. I remember being pretty enthralled with the bridge crew from First Contact for whatever reason, and I think I ended up trading for most of the bridge crew. But I didn't have much to trade with because all I really had was Whiteboard or Premiere. So I would buy single packs, you know, at retail cost of reflections. And when I, you know, I'd go to the game stores and, oh, look, reflections were $4? Oh, great, I'm going to buy a whole bunch because they're typically 5 or that sort of thing. <clears throat> so, but how, how else was I supposed to get cards I needed? I needed Q's tents. So the first thing I bought on eBay was a box of Q Continuum, and I think I ended up getting it for about $30, which I think was a pretty good price at the time. And I went and got a money order. I don't think it was 18 yet. So, or no, I, I well, yeah, not to incriminate myself or anything, but yes, I did buy a few things before I was 18 on eBay. But anyway, uh... So I did buy, I, I bought it, I didn't have a credit card, right, so I, I would get a money order and ship it out. This was before PayPal was a thing, and yeah, so I got my box of Q-Continuum. That whole weekend was spent my, by me opening that box and sorting it, and it was great. So ever since then, I guess I'd say I've really been a Star Trek CCG speculator. <clears throat> so, well, we've all, we've all seen... The, it, the first thing is you kind of, you look at the prices of Star Trek CCG uh, as it's gone on since the beginning of the whole thing and now to today. And I think the, uh, the trends are interesting. No one really knew, even Decipher didn't know how popular Star Trek would be. So they ended up printing the, uh, the beta printing of Whiteboard or Premiere. That printing was four times the size of the alpha printing, and the alpha printing was the same size as the black border printing. <clears throat> and they, they just had no idea how popular it would be. Well, as it turns out, that that, uh, that beta printing is, is, is now being still being sold by Hills at an incredibly, you know, at like eight bucks a box. And there's, there's a good chance that that printing will just never run it. Hills will always have this mound of Premiere just lying around. And even then, though, even, so in 1995, I, I imagine that people were still paying full retail or close to retail for Premiere. 
And I do not know when the price of Premiere came down, but when I got in the game in 1999, I was able to get starters of Premiere for $1 each. So, I don't know... Oh, and they were 1994. They were alpha starters. So, I, I, I don't know it, when, when the price of Premiere finally came down. I mean, now it's practically nothing, but Scry forever always said, and I, I'm sure Scry's prices were definitely above whatever anyone would actually play, pay for a card, but Scry's prices for Premiere, even whiteboard stuff, was always exorbitant. Anyway, so we, we all speculate in the prices of uh, Star Trek to some degree, why uh, we we would uh, now now even with I guess where am I trying to go with this? So eBay, you got you got things like Hills and other websites that I guess we should talk about the crash of Star Trek, right? So after first edition ended, there the as first edition was ending, Decipher did a promotion where if you went to a, a box, a retail store, and bought, you know, several packs of any Star Trek product, you could redeem the UPCs or the actual packs. They, they did a promotion for the Sung Type Android foil, and they also did a promotion later on where you'd send in packs for actual boxes of first edition cards. And I'm guessing that's when the market on first edition actually tanked. So... I, I think of I think of CCGs and I, I think of the housing market that we've gone through, and there's a lot of interesting parallels, to be honest. Not not to do downplay what's going on with the housing market. I'm I'm sorry. I'm personally am looking for a house right now. So I I am sensitive to the issue, so I don't want to insult anyone. I apologize if I am. I'm just saying that any bubble, uh, I think, has interesting patterns. I, I'm not ready to speculate on whether or not the market of Star Trek is going to burst, or if it is a bubble, or if it's going to grow or stagnate, I have no idea. I have noticed trends, but that's all I've noticed. So, anyway, first edition, the market, I guess, would have... I, I don't remember exactly what happened to the prices of Star Trek when the Cypher had this promotion, but they you could basically get a box of anything that wasn't, I think, Holodeck Adventures or the motion pictures as they hadn't... Had, I think they hadn't come out yet, or they just come out. And you would send in your packs of cards, like you would open like 20 by 20 packs of cards, and then you could get a box of anything. Even Blaze of Glory was on the list. Somehow they had some Blaze of Glory lying around, and maybe someone got some of that shipped to them. I I, I never actually participated. I never. I just didn't have the money at the time to actually go to the store and buy a bunch of packs and then send them in. Because you had to send in a receipt as well. So anyway, so I sent I that that was an interesting promotion, and that was right around the time second edition I think was coming out. So I'm pretty sure motion pictures had come out. So you could you could do that, and I'm guess I always wondered if I think it was around that time that places like Hills and other retailers online were getting first edition product in stock that they hadn't had in stock for years, like boxes of uh, Blaze of Glory and whatnot. And around that time, Blaze of Glory was gettable. You could go on Hills and probably get a box of Blaze of Glory for, I don't know, 60 bucks. 
I, if I recall correctly, it, maybe it was a hundred or something. It was, it was. They actually had them, and they were not at retail price, and it was amazing. So, and this was the fact. This was the case for anything, including boxes of D Space Nine, and First Edition. I'm sorry, and uh, First Contact, and things like that. And it was very interesting. And and I remember players in my player group in Ryza would buy, would go to cons and go and see Hills and buy straight up second anthologies for $8 each and then just strip the packs and the premiums right out of them and throw everything else that they buy 10 or, or 20 at a time and just get the packs out of them. And I think a lot of people did this. You can see lots on eBay all the time of people selling 30 packs of G-Space 9. They, they say clean from second anthology or something like that and Dominion and First Contact. And that's pretty much where those packs came from in most recent memory. They're just all these second anthologies. You can still get second anthologies now, but they're $25 a box, and you know it's not cheap for you know six rare packs. It's, it's not quite worth it at this time. Anyway, so what's interesting is I was going to lead off the show with this, and I didn't, and I really should have. But basically, the other day I was on Hills just putzing around and saw that In a Mirror Darkly is sold out. The second edition set, In a Mirror Darkly. So I go on eBay. The only box that's available on eBay is one sealed box of In a Mirror Darkly for $99. So I'm going, what the heck? I just bought In a Mirror Darkly about three months ago for my podcast at $45 a box from Hills. So what, what's going on here? Uh, did Hills sell out and that's it? Well, I guess that's it, right? It seems that Hills pretty much... There's a lot of speculation as to how exactly Hills got all of its... got all of its stock. Uh, people speculate that Decipher... You know, because, remember, when, when you leave, What You Leave Behind came out, uh, Hills was the exclusive retailer of that at $68 a box. And... I mean, that caused me to buy a box when I wasn't even playing the game. <coughs> anyway... So, did Decipher then say at that time, you know, here's everything else we've got, or was it as a, did they owe the money, or what was going on? So, I, I have yet to, I mean, if you go and Google Star Trek CCG sealed product, you can find lots of places that sold it and still sell it in limited quantity, like Miniature Market, and uh, In Mint, and where else? All-Star Trading Cards, CCG Armory. There's CCG Castle, too. They sell singles, mostly, but they do have some sealed product. And, of course, there's Alpha Cards. We're going to talk about them. So, anyway, you've got all these retailers online, and they had sold product, and I I don't know if Decipher got them some after the crash or if they just speculated and, and bought it when it was low and held on to it until now. It's very hard to find a lot of stuff still, some stuff is just gone, and we can talk about that in a few minutes. But well, the point I'm trying to drive at here is it's pretty much hills or nothing at this point. Hills or eBay is probably where people get most of their sealed product. If you find sealed product somewhere else, it's maybe you found a brick-and-mortar store that's actually got some product that hasn't moved, and they're just like, oh, yeah, we have got Oh, my God, I didn't know we had this. And maybe you can get it from there. Uh, I, I walk into brick-and-mortars every so often asking for it. They're always like, dude, that game's ancient. What are you talking about? So, kind of given up on that. So, anyway, it's, it is a fascinating hobby, though, to kind of see where 
prices have gone on this stuff and where it's going. What I was going to say is, if you look at... Uh, this is interesting. When, when Star Wars died, Star Wars CCG from Decipher, when it died, I would go into Target, and there would be these bu- like boutique packs. There'd be like ten random boosters and two starters of Star Wars from all across everything. There'd be like Reflections, Reflections 2, Cloud City, whatever, Dagobah. I don't remember Dagobah being in there, but I remember... Uh, uh, what else was there? Uh, oh, Jabba's Palace. Lots of Jabba's Palace. There'd be the Death Star 2 starters. I think Death Star 2 had starters. There'd even be, like, packs of Death Star 2 in them. I bought, like, five or six of these because it was fun. It was, like, 20 bucks for 10 packs and a couple starters. I didn't know what I was doing. And then you go on Potomac. Potomac, I remember buying a box of Reflections 3 for, like, 75 bucks. And this is right after it crashed. And that was great, right? And this is... It looks like there might be an interesting trend here with CCGs. Once the game ends, and the official company no longer supports it, the market crashes. And you just can buy up tons of stuff and just buy it all up and get it at some price. And, and then you go, yeah, the game's dead. Because that's the thinking, right? Players go, oh, the game's dead. No longer for officially supported. Well, you've got to dump this stuff and move on. So I think that's what happens. At least that's what it seems like. And then now with the CC and I guess the Virtual Players Committee, but the Virtual Players Committee had started as soon as Star Wars died. So unless the popularity's gone up or it's simply because the product's rare, it's got to be one of the two, a combination of the two perhaps. The prices have gone up exorbitantly on Star Wars stuff as well. I mean, Reflections 3 is now $300 a box or maybe even more now if you can even find it sealed. So, and that's that's just the start of it. The Palace, I think it's the rarest of the sets. I saw a box of it on eBay for $200 a few months ago, but it typically retails for 600 And I, I think, are these things just going to get rarer? That's the fundamental question at the end of this. Are these things just going to get rarer? Are they going to burst again? Is no one going to care? What if, what if Lucasfilm shuts down the Players Committee? What if Paramount shuts down the CC? Will the prices go down yet again? Will people just stop moving? These are all interesting questions. I don't really have good answers for them, but I think about them a lot. And it's just, I don't know. Is it time to go and buy all good things of $500 and sit on it and hope it grows up to a grand? Or have we reached the peak? Uh, all good things, has tra- this is the highest it's ever been. All good things was $150 sealed when it came out on eBay. And now it's not that. It's crazy hard to get. You could still get singles of all good things for 5 to $6 for some things, or even $1 to $2 on certain things. The ref cards, the the interrupts, dimensional shiftings, I used to collect them because they, they were, they actually are still broken in 1E, and I don't think they're still broken, but they are good. So it was interesting to kind of track the prices of these things. So so is it time to, you know, so Hills, you look at Hills right now, the only thing they have for second edition really is, they think they're out of, I think they're out of Call to Arms too, which is crazy. For the longest time, Call to Arms is still incredibly easy to get. I think all they have now is second edition to Boldly Go and Strange New Worlds. I think that's it. They've got some promos and not much else. And those are the things that historically just not gone up in price. I mean, Strange New Worlds has been incredibly easy to get 
it's kind of the Jabba's palace of Star Star Trek, if you will. And it just won't go, and people don't buy it up, and that's fine. I mean, there are foils in it, so but they're not great. So, yeah. Uh, everything else, you know, Intermirror Darkly. So I, I kind of got sidetracked off of the Intermirror Darkly. So no longer can you buy Intermirror Darkly at $45 a box. The best I can find is it for $100 a box. It literally, over the course of three days, was... $45, and now it's $100, and that's it. So the, the question remains, you know, should, is Tivoli Go next? Is it time to start buying it up? Is it Holodeck Adventures next? Is, it, is, is something going to go next? And if it does, is it going to immediately inflate in price? To, to the motion pictures, you could, you could get it for reasonable prices, or even, even way below retail. I think you could get it for $50, $60 a box. But it wasn't that great of a set. At least no one thought it was. And then it was gone, and now it's $200, $250 a box at best. And that's it. I mean, eventually, right, do all good things come to an end? Are we going to run out of OTSDs? Are we going to run out of... Well, we'll probably never run out of beta premiere, but, you know, what What are we going to do? Is, is everything going to go up, and then are we going to keep trading... Star Trek at the prices it originally was. And that's basically what's happened, right? You would buy a box, the suggested, the manufacturer's suggesting retail price of, say, a box of Reflections 1 when it came out of, of Star Trek, I don't know, $5 times 30, 150 bucks. So, I don't know, 114, 120 bucks you probably get it for per box if you walked into a retailer. Uh, and now it's at 75 bucks. You can get 75 bucks from whole, from wholesale from Hills. So is that going to go back up? You know, it's kind of interesting that now. Yeah, <laughs> we complain about the high prices of Star Trek now, right? But it, everything's still almost everything is still cheaper, except for really hard to get stuff. Everything is almost cheaper than it was when it came out originally. So it's it's kind of funny. So, you know, you get into Star Trek now, it's like you're getting into Star Trek basically back when it was still being made, which is kind of great. Kind of cool. So if you had stuff then, and you, and you held on to it until now, a lot of people dumped their stuff when Decipher gave it up. But if you held on to it until now, you might actually be able to break, break even, or if you speculated in 2003 or four, you might have made a tidy profit. And that's just it, right? Everything has ebbed and flowed. It's a cycle, and it's it's fascinating. Captain's, I mean, it it just Captain's log and these are the voyages. They're just gone. You can't get them unless you go to eBay and spend a lot of money on them. Even singles from them are, are up in price. If you want to get into Star Trek now, you can get in thanks to the virtual card format and print, making things printable that that are just incredibly hard to get but is that what we're going to have to do is everything are, eventually are we going to allow everything to be printed or uh you know it's an interesting question that the cc has to grapple with because it is very possible i will absolutely say this for sure it's very possible that star trek will remain very hard to get or will eventually get so hard to get that it may get so high in price that no one actually wants to get into it anymore so you know, the initiative to make pack cards better makes sense. 
because those are going to be around for a while and they are going to stay reasonably low in price. But eventually, are we just going to have to... I mean, who's, who's, the, who's the master here? Is it the price of the cards and the barrier to entry that we have for Star Trek? Or is it that we want to actually just make interesting cards and we just do that and just hope people can get the cards they need? And that's not really a question for me to answer. That's just an interesting question that, I guess, Charlie and others can grapple with as we uh, keep going here in our five-year mission. Charlie has... We just I just listened to Charlie's podcast, and we're on our way to our second five-year mission. That's very exciting to me. It, that sort of says to me that we're invested in this for another five years, and we're going to grapple with some things and... Just, you know, whether or not five years from now all good things is $1,000 a box or $100 a box. We're invested in this, and if you stick with us, we'll, if you stick with the CC, we will, we will reward you with a, a valuable, enjoyable playing experience that, you know, you'll have, you'll be able to meet people and make new memories and make interesting decks and keep a game alive that you fell in love with that, it's hard to say goodbye to. That's what this is, right? So, and maybe that's why the prices are still so high. You know, we love this game, and we want, maybe some of us are speculating, maybe of us just always wanted a box of Blaze of Glory and could never afford it, and now we're a little more grown up and we're making money, and it's time to get that box and crack it open and pull a, pull some foils that really aren't worth it anymore. They're just, the prices, of, it's interesting... But yeah, you know, as I wax nostalgic for, for whomever, or, you know, we, we discussed that some boxes don't make sense to be at the prices they are. You know, Fractured Time, right? There's a couple, three, four, five cards in it, maybe, that are really worth it, and the rest are kind of stupid. But a sealed Fractured Time box is worth $100, whereas it used to be 25 or 30 bucks. But everyone needs the security drills, but that's printable now, so is that going to kill the set price? Or are people just wanting to say, hey, I've got a sealed box of fractures. Oh my god, that's so cool. So, I don't know. There's uh, everything. You know, I'm curious if anyone's interested in just sending me a PM or writing up a blog on why they buy Star Trek, if they buy Star Trek. Do they speculate? Is it to fulfill uh, childhood or young adult desires of being able to crack boxes open and just pull some awesome singles. You know, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. It'd be fun to have a retrospective on this. So, I like collecting Star Trek, and so do you. Yes. And so, with that, I'll let's end it here. I'm Corbin Johnson saying so long, and thanks for all the Trek. <laughs>